Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. It is a very special day, isn't it? It's good that we honor our mothers. I'd like to take this opportunity to tell you about a very special person in my life. And probably in your lives as well, I pray. This person has been taking care of you long before you understood who this person was. This person has endured many sleepless nights because of you. When you were hungry, this person fed you. When you got hurt, this person did everything possible to make you feel better. When you were far from home, this person was thinking of you. This person has made more sacrifices for you than you will ever know. This person was even willing to die for you. And on days like today, this person really appreciates it when you acknowledge everything that this person has done for you. Of course, I'm speaking of Jesus. As lovingly and as completely as our moms have cared for us and loved us over the years, Jesus has cared for and loved us infinitely more. And he still cares and loves for us today. Unbelievable. Undeserving. But so true. And on this day, a very special day when we remember and honor our parents, our mom especially, their significant contributions in our lives. They too, you see, are under shepherds in early living. In your life, you have those under shepherds before you ever come here to this sheepdog. We still, though, give all thanks and glory to Jesus for his life-sacrificing, life-saving, life-giving work in your place for your salvation. In both our epistle lesson and the gospel lesson for today, written by a very inspired and, and later on aged Apostle John, we are reminded of God's love for us. A love so deep that it would bring him to call his only son to keep his commandments. To obediently follow his will even to the point of death on a cross. Keep his commandments to stand in your place. To take on your sins and the sins of the world. To redeem you and to save you through his body and blood given and shed for you for forgiveness, life, and salvation. To my young confirmands, here's a news flash for you. Even Jesus had to keep the commandments. Even Jesus. So should God expect any less from us? Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus kept his Father's commitments for you and for me. How do we know that? In Jesus' own words. Greater love has no one than this than someone lay down his life for his friends. John also writes 
when we think about this, the highest expression of love Jesus just gave you, literally carried out by Jesus, an expression of love unto death for his friends, children of God. John writes, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But keeping, <clears throat> keep keeping God's commandments? <laughs> Ever since we were taught the Ten Commandments when we were children, how many of you kept them all? I keep more of them now than when I was a child, I can guarantee you that. When I go into some confirmation classes in the past, I've had people come into church, come to study, and, and then say, I'm not bothering with the Ten Commandments. I can't keep any of them. I'm sick of feeling guilty about them, so why bother? I can't get by the first commandment. So why try? As you heard in John's gospel account, Jesus, John records the word of Jesus regarding the Father's commandments. And how in keeping the commandments, God's children abide in love. Well, I got news for you. That's not your love you abide in. That's Jesus' love. So that's why you try. Because you have Jesus' love abiding in you. In his letter to the church as an agent minor, really old John reminds his teachers not only of the importance of obeying God's commandments. He says, for this is the love of God. But in keeping those commandments, you will find that they are not burdensome. <laughs> keeping the Ten Commandments is not burdensome? Someone might have said, well, John's sitting over there on the island of Patmos. He's lost most of his mind because Ten Commandments are burdensome. What about the first three? Let's just take the first three, if we can raise our hands. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's what I thought. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Yeah. It's a squirming in the seats. And my favorite, thou shalt remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Yeah. Those three are not burdensome? Not according to John. I don't know about your childhood, but when I was growing up in the Brock house, it meant keeping a lot more than Ten Commandments. And I was constantly reminded of, on almost any day, at any moment, of which of God's commandments I had broken. And I was more afraid of my mom than I was of God's breaking God's commandments because mom's punishment was swift. Yeah, the paddle was out, I was grounded for life. I don't know how many times I got grounded for life. They didn't have a cell phone to take away, so they took away the TV. I couldn't go play baseball. I felt so guilty, and Mom would point out that one commandment that I had violated. But Mom didn't just have 10 commandments. She must have had 100. She made them up along the way. She had her own little rules. They didn't have post-it pads in those days. They had index cards, and she would stick them everywhere when I had broken one of them. I could pick, go down my pillow at night, and I would turn it over, and there was one that I had broken of her rules. My favorite rule was the rule that you can only use one sheet of tissue paper for your bathroom because there was a flush tax. I never understood that, but I violated it all the time, and I paid the price for that. 
I got to tell you, folks, mom's commandments, like God's commandments, were not easy to follow or to keep by ourselves. We needed some kind of intervention, some encouraging words, and some love. Certainly when we are being corrected and punished by our rules from our moms, it doesn't sound like love, does it? Moms are pretty swift and stern. But all mom's rules, my mom's included, and all of God's commands, believe it or not, are born out of love. I love to keep you away from the negative things and to lead you down the positive things in life. The one especially born out of love was the greatest expression of all. Expression of love that comes from God the Father to give his only son he loves so much and to give him up for you and me. Jesus says in the gospel lesson, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. To hear the last part of that, as I have loved you. Jesus, you see, loved you first. Jesus intervened with his love for you before you ever loved him. Jesus kept God's commandments for you so there is no burden on your part. He's taken that burden and he's taken it to the cross. That is the height and depth of God's love. John writes, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. He kept the commandments for us. So we have no burden today about whether or not we've kept them. What does this mean? It means that for all who believe in Jesus as a Savior, the love of God is so powerful in you that it inspires and enables you to keep his commandments. And how are these true believers able to keep those commandments? How can you possibly keep those commandments as a believer in Christ? There's only one place, and that's in faith. By loving one another. For to walk in fellowship with one another by faith is... In Jesus is truly to walk in God's love. And can you really honestly tell me that walking in God's love is burdensome? It ought to be the most joyful thing you experience in wherever you're walking. Why? Because if you have the gospel in your heart and on your mind and coming out of your lips and in the actions that you do, you cannot help but love one another. Isn't that exactly what God's little children do naturally? They love God. That's the kind of love God wants us to use. It's his love. He gives it to us to use in the right and proper way. John puts it another way in the first of three letters that he wrote to the churches in Asia Minor. These churches were under attack by an upcoming knowledge factory, Gnosticism, wanted to make you think that the spirit was more important than Jesus. And they were really struggling with the facts. So John, in the letter that he wrote today that Derek spoke of, really speaks hard about those teachings. He says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. We'll get to that in a minute. 
And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of God. That is, if we think about it, only those born of God are able to believe in Jesus. Let me repeat that. Only those born of God are able to believe in Jesus, the true Savior. And since all true believers are born of God, they are all one family with God. And in that family, they have fellowship with God and with one another by faith in Jesus. And how in the world and where are we born of God in Christ Jesus? Right there. In the water and the word of baptism. John goes on to say, for everyone who has been born of God, born again, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith, your faith and mine, whether we receive as a gift in baptism into Christ. It is through faith in Christ that we have this victory that John speaks of. This has been God's plan from the very beginning. We have his word. We have his testimony in the life and death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. And what testimony is that? John tells us that as well. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are only three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these Three agree. You look at it in context, he's disputing the Gnostics. Brothers and sisters, there's Gnostics out there all over the place. You should remember these words from John. These three, the spirit, the water, and the blood agree. If all three of them aren't there, and they are all connected, they cannot be separate, then turn away quickly. Run in another direction. Back to the Holy Bible. It was in Jesus' baptism at the Jordan River where the love of God was first revealed in the flesh. Where the spirit of truth descended upon Jesus like a dove and where God spoke through the clouds, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. That was the start. It was at the cross where God accomplished that will for the salvation of the world. And the body and blood given and shed for you. And in Jesus' last words, the words of accomplishment, it is finished. And just as Jesus is the truth, so is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit testified at the baptism of Jesus. He marked him as the Christ who was to come and the Son of God. It is the Holy Spirit who dwells in every baptized believer who reminds us of all that Jesus has done and still does, and who glorifies Jesus and guides you in all your faith. It is not something you can do alone. You have to give in and give up and let the Holy Spirit guide you into all the truth. Martin Luther would write this of that line from 1 John. 
The water of baptism is sanctified through the blood of Christ. Therefore, it is not plain water. It is the water stained with blood because of this blood of Christ, which is given to us through the word, which brings with it the blood of Christ. And here we are said to be baptized through the blood of Christ, and thus we are cleansed from our sins. So the Holy Spirit, the water of Christ's baptism, and the blood of his death on the cross all bear the truth that this man, this Jesus of Nazareth, is the one and only divine Son of God. The water cannot be proclaimed without the blood, nor is the blood of Christ given without the water of baptism. The blood and the water do not come to us except at the instance of the Holy Spirit who is in the word that you receive in your baptism. Therefore, these three cannot be separated. But these things, these three together do one thing. These three constantly accompany one another. And through the word, a daily immersion, a perpetual baptism takes place. A perpetual shedding of the blood of Christ and of the Holy Spirit. So you receive this continual cleansing of your sins. My friends, this is how we keep the commandments. They are not a burden to us. We just humbly acknowledge what John proclaims. Everyone who has been born of God has overcome the world. We overcome the world when we ascribe all the glory to God himself. Not by any great thing we might have done that we can pump our chest and pound it as if we have done something miraculous, as if we have kept this commandment or that. It all comes when we ascribe all glory to God himself and get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit work. The world's going to continue to tell you that we're wasting your time with God's commandments. They're too hard. They're too much to bear. They're too high a price to pay. Too difficult to follow. But thanks be to God in Christ Jesus who has overcome the world. Who has taken on the burden of your sins and mine. And who has given us his word and his spirit to work in us at his will. With the word of God. That word of truth. So it is with these weapons. The Holy Spirit and the word that you engage, the great trials that you face in life. And there's not one of us that don't face trials. But it is with the Holy Spirit and the word that you engage those things that would otherwise burden you, would otherwise weigh you down. It is the word which promises and extends grace to all believers, and the Spirit who intercedes in your behalf that you do not fear. For every one of us has that victory by faith. That Jesus, who has already overcome the world, who has fulfilled all the Father's commandments for us, that he abides in you right now. And you abide in him. So today we give thanks unto the Lord that he has chosen us. Remember he said, I, you did not choose me, I chose you. That he chose us out of all the people in the fallen world to be his own, to be part of the family of God. 
one of the verses of the message hymn that expresses that undeserving gift so beautifully about being chosen by God that reminds us that though we live in this world, you and I are not of this world. We have another place to go to. Lord, tis not that I did choose thee. <laughs> that I know could never be. For this heart would still refuse thee had thy grace not chosen me. Thou hast from the sin that stained me washed and cleansed and set me free and unto this end ordained me that I ever live in thee. Today we recognize, remember, and rejoice that God in his infinite wisdom and by his amazing grace crafted the fourth commandment that we might rightly obey and love and honor our parents, especially our moms. I have a shameful plug in the back of the bulletin today where, as I honor my mom every year, so I, I please excuse that shameful plug. It's just my way of talking about moms. But it is interesting to me that even as we did not choose God, but he chose us, so too we not, did not choose our moms. By grace, they chose to carry you and me. They chose to give us birth. They chose to teach us and to love us and to care for us unconditionally. Mothers are indeed a blessing from God, and may we always cherish them, whether it's by hugs and kisses, flowers and cookies that await the moms out there today. I expect one cookie from each of you. Dinners. If you're going to try to get into a restaurant today and you do not have a reservation, good luck. They still have Uber. Dinners and gifts, or as in my case and some others, the memory. It stays in our hearts. What a beautiful blessing mothers are. And we thank God for giving us moms. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, on a day where families gather to honor and celebrate mothers for their loving dedication to the caring and nurturing and teaching of their children through the years, let us not forget an even greater loving dedication to caring, nurturing, teaching, and saving of children, your children, in the person of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We lift up our hearts in humble thanksgiving for the precious gift of his life for ours. May our ears be open and our hearts be filled with your word. And through this prayer and the many to follow, may others be blessed by your grace and find caring, nurturing, teaching, and the unconditional love of Jesus in their lives. And may they see how so unburdensome that is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.